The Winter Olympics are currently taking place in China and I'm confused. What are the Olympics and what purpose do they pursue? Official documents answer these questions this way. The Olympic Games are an international sports festival held every four years. The ultimate goals are to cultivate human beings through sport and contribute to world peace. Cultivate human beings and world peace. So I'm curious why China would be the perfect host for such an event. Consider just a handful of facts. Chinese tennis player Peng Shui gained international acclaim after winning titles at Wimbledon in 2013 and the French Open in 2014 and being ranked number one in the world in women's doubles. Last November, she told the world that she had been sexually assaulted by a retired top Chinese Communist Party official. She first disappeared from social media. She then disappeared. Weeks later, as international concern began to rise, Chinese state-run media released an email allegedly from Peng that backtracked the allegations and said she was fine. Then Serena Williams weighed in. The Women's Tennis Association said they doubted the email was from Peng Shui, and China's response was to say that Peng's case was not a foreign affairs matter. So basically, it's none of your business. Next, the United Nations called for an investigation and the White House called for verifiable proof of her whereabouts. The president of the International Olympic Committee then weighed in and said he had had a video call with Peng Shui and that, quote, she explained that she is safe and well living at her home in Beijing, but would like to have her privacy respected at this time. But a week later, the WTA suspended all tournaments in China. Peng's message was then removed from the internet and discussion of this issue has been censored in China ever since. Around this time, in Chinese-controlled Hong Kong, something else was happening that the world yawned at. Three days before Christmas, a 26-foot-tall sculpture commemorating the victims massacred in Tiananmen Square was dismantled and removed by the communist government. It had resided on the University of Hong Kong campus since 1997, the year the city was handed back to China. The Chinese Red Cross revealed that 2,600 people died in the Tiananmen Square massacre, but later denied having given such a figure. This shows the boldness of China. This demonstrates how little they care about anything or anyone. Most nations would have been concerned with the optics, given the Olympic Games were just over a month away. Some nations would have feared the International Olympic Committee, but not China. Meanwhile, trying to calm all fears about the missing and persecuted tennis player, the IOC held a second video call with Peng Shui and defended its quiet diplomacy. It was around that time that Team USA advised all athletes 
headed to the Beijing Olympics to leave their phones at home because of concerns that athletes would be under surveillance during the games. The statement also said that, quote, every device, communication, transaction, and all online activity may be monitored. Your device may be also compromised with malicious software, which could negatively impact its future use. But in the Peng Shui issue, China is essentially saying to the International Olympic Committee, the WTA, and the rest of the world, trust us, she's fine. Two weeks later, Peng Shui denies sexual assault allegations in a cryptic video appearance where she said, quote, first of all, I want to emphasize that it is very important that I never said anything, nor have I ever written anything about anyone sexually assaulting me. In direct contradiction, to what she had said when we all know she was free. For months, searches for Peng Shui on the Chinese internet yielded no searches. But now, while the Olympics are in progress, in an obvious piece of communist spin, Peng Shui announces she is retiring from tennis. Meanwhile, journalists from around the world are suffering state-sponsored intimidation tactics Constant surveillance of journalists has become commonplace in China, including online harassment, cyber hacking, physical assaults, and visa denials. One Danish journalist was manhandled in the middle of a live broadcast for the whole world to see during the Olympics last week. But the world yawns on. Next week, the Olympics will pack up and leave China. Their effort towards cultivating human beings and world peace complete. But one has to wonder how much cultivating and peace will be in Peng Shui's future. When it was announced that Beijing would host the Winter Olympics, there was an outcry from human rights organizations around the world. In 2018, Chinese authorities acknowledged that the birth rates had dropped by almost one-third in one year in one northwestern region of China, but denied reports of forced sterilization and genocide. Human rights organizations have tried to alert the world to the fact that in this single region of China, more than one million people have gone missing in seven years. Chinese government policies include arbitrary detention in state-sponsored internment camps, forced labor, suppression of religious practices, political indoctrination, rape, separation of children from their parents, forced sterilization, and forced abortion. In 1936, the world let Hitler host the Olympic Games in Berlin, even though Hitler had made it clear, both in speech and in writing, that Jewish people and black people should not be allowed to participate in the Olympic Games. But when threatened with a boycott, he relented. Both the 1940 and 1944 Olympics were canceled due to World War II. But if they had been held, would we have allowed Hitler and the Nazis to host them? Of course not. The idea is insanity, it's lunacy. Or is it? In the past seven years, more than one million Chinese have gone missing, been imprisoned, 
and killed. Toward the end of World War II, the London Times, the Los Angeles Times, the New York Journal, and numerous other publications around the world reported with headlines on the front page that Hitler and the Nazis had killed one million Jews. One million. It wasn't until much later, after the Allied forces were in Poland and Germany and relatives started searching for loved ones, that the world discovered the truth that six million Jews had been slaughtered. My point is this. Nobody knows what is going on in China. But there is plenty of evidence to suggest that it isn't good. Mobsters and gangsters have filled our screens, large and small, over the past 50 years. They are known for their blatant disregard for the law, their gratuitous violence, and generally being ruthless, callous, and remorseless, along with other psychopathic traits. In every one of these movies, someone ends up borrowing money from the gangsters and the mobsters. And the same thing happens to those people every time. Now consider the fact that China holds more than $1.1 trillion worth of US debt. Everybody knows that if you need to borrow money, there are some people you should never borrow money from. But here we are. And of course, you can't even mention that COVID originated in China. Never mind question what they knew and when they knew it. Questions we regularly ask of our leaders on trivial matters in comparison to a global pandemic. Will we ever really know what happened? When are we going to wake up? And is it going to be too late? Last year, I found myself in a discussion with a group of people about world politics and the future. When one of them asked me, you think China is going to be a problem in the future? China isn't going to be a problem. China is a problem. But the more I think about it, perhaps the China problem is that we don't realize China is a problem. The human rights violations that China amasses every single year could fill a thousand videos. And those are the violations we know about. Imagine what is happening in China that we don't know about. Every single person who is persecuted, imprisoned, or killed has a story. They have husbands and wives, parents, friends, children, brothers and sisters, and like you and I, they have hopes and dreams. Don't we have a moral obligation to do something? The world's disinterested ambivalence toward China is a problem. If we continue to turn a blind eye, sooner or later, we will pay the price. And the price will be high. Much higher than any of us can perhaps imagine here and now.